Welcome back to Scratching the Surface. My name is Justin, a.k.a. Money. And my name is Cody, a.k.a. Junes. And welcome to the show. Welcome to this week's episode, guys. We got a great movie for you, I think. It's a staple to the horror genre. And Junes, what will that be for this week? Yes, for this week's episode, we will be discussing the 1998 film The Ring directed yep. by Hideo Nakata. This is a entirely foreign film and we have all subtitles. So this is new territory for scratching the surface. It's going to be a challenge, yeah. but a challenge I'm excited about. This is a film that is I think at the foothold of some of the best in the horror genre. I think it was definitely revolutionary for its time. I think this was a period where we had a transition to technology being fully immersed within our everyday lives. And that's mm. something that the ring touches on time and time again here. It's a little bit of both historical legends and then taking some of those legends and mixing it with technology and using a little bit of a mishmash of both of those to create an original and truly frightening story. The story here, I think, is the biggest part of the ring, the most important part, because once we have the story set in the beginning with the history that we'll talk about a little bit, it helps us to kind of transition through the rest of the film. We start learning things as the movie goes to the point at the end where we finally say, aha, now I understand. This is a movie that is rewarding at the end to have that. This is a different film. I don't think everybody's going to like it. It's an international film. It's foreign. So if you shy away from that, I can see you not enjoying this, but it's a must watch. Frankly, if you're a horror fan, you have to do it. Subtitles or not, I say just get get past it. And I think you'll find a, a pretty solid movie here. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is a must watch too. Like you said, it's international first international movie we're covering and yeah must watch it's a staple to the genre as well really pretty easy plot to follow it was just more of learning the characters staying up with everyone's situation kind of just throughout this movie other than that pretty simple to follow and before we get into it please make sure to give us a like on here uh we are on spotify apple Podcasts, youtube and tiktok and that is at scratching the surface 100 so we appreciate everybody that checks these out this is a passion junes and i love it's just something we look forward to every week it's always a pleasure and this this horror genre is something that is very special to me i hope that a lot of people if they've never really gotten themselves into this this horror genre to try it out it's kind of like sushi man you don't know you like it until you try it and there's a lot of different flavors hey. so i'm ready to dive into this thing the ring my initial thoughts are we have a movie that is definitely able to get under your skin i don't think it's outright scary all the time but i think it's just unsettling it's not in your face jump scares left and right but i think we have a soundtrack that is dispersed throughout the film that is disturbing it's it's got this dark ominous sound to it throughout we have a few scenes that are definitely burnt into my mind and if i'm in a dark room i always feel like i'm going to see a woman in white with long dark hair that's going to pop out of the corner and start walking towards me those are imageries from the film of the ring that make it so legendary for this genre whether you really like the film or not you can't deny the scariness of that image of sadako the woman in white with the long black hair that's something that i think is the ring 
at its finest with scary movie the spoof that kind of made fun of the ring i almost wish i never watched that growing up because it yeah sort of took away from the greatness that actually was this original ring movie and then you have the american version of course in 2002 that came out nowhere close to what this one is the ring the international film the ring from 1998 is the ring to me and it should be for everybody and people should try to watch it give it a try that makes me curious to see what your score is going to be at the end too it definitely is a must and this is the core of it so we're getting at the core here today so i'm excited i got some stuff pulled up we'll try to do our best junes i'm sure you do too to uh pronounce these right keep everyone included and keep the flow of the plot going here for you guys and also don't forget we are doing another table talk session so you won't want to miss that. It's going to be hopefully right about in the middle of this episode. So without further ado, Junes, what do you say? Let's get into it. Yes, sir. Let's dissect this thing. Let's dissect it. Like I said in the beginning, easy plot to follow. We start off with a sleepover with a couple of girls, Tomoko and Masami. They're just kind of hanging out and discussing this urban legend about this cursed video tape, this VHS tape that people are watching and whoever views it dies seven days later and you get some phone calls you know someone talks to you on the other end so high intensity of a couple emotions here in this opening scene i think these are good opening scenes i i like them these girls are very frightened and for us if i was a real a real person having this happen to me i'd be absolutely terrified and i love the moment when tomoko almost feels this presence behind Mm -hmm. her she knows that Yes, the first phone call was from my mom, but now I actually feel like I'm in danger. And we have that moment where Tomoko kind of turns her shoulder and looks back. And then we have that sort of pan to the next scenes, but we have it kind of freeze in place with Tomoko screaming. And this is something that's very common throughout the ring is they find the bodies of these younger women with really a a face that is in absolute fright, frozen in fright something you'll see time and time again throughout the ring yeah and another thing we'll see too common theme is like when that moment of like death we see these black and white shots of the characters and we see that a handful of times throughout the film i thought that was a good spice a little interesting thing to add to it and the next scene we get is actually um kind of like a news anchor interviewing a girl who's explaining the process of the tape so it seems like news has gotten around junes to the community that you know, what's going on with some of these people is serious and it's a thing people should take more seriously. And I think um, they're just trying to spread some basically awareness on live television or I don't know if they're doing if it's like live television or it's just going to be a thing that comes out later. But it seems like it's a news anchor. We see also as well a new girl who I'm going to pronounce it and I believe it's Ryoku Asawaka. I'm just going to call her Asawaka. That's like the main protagonist of this movie and we learn about a little bit about her background i believe she's a journalist we see her work environment too um and her son and later on actually to her ex-husband who i, I found that out too ryuji or ryuji um so we we get the core of this like family if you will um and we mainly see them throughout it but with this new scene like i said we see the news anchor happening um some exposure to her a couple other characters her work environment so 
so far pretty pretty standard and pretty easy to follow i'd say yep i like these scenes where we kind of get introduced to the legend we're in the incipient stages here where we are being revealed to the beginning there is a potential virus that is going to spread from this it's more than just a joke or something funny to talk about and laugh about and raiko knows that yeah love how you bring that up too so shortly after we see asawaka actually attend tamako's funeral so asawaka is her aunt so that's how this all basically ties in together where we see a spark with her later on when she starts to question things investigate it more being a journalist as she is and we see her at the funeral and we get like i said we get introduced to uh her son and they kind of get ready to go to it and actually there's three people that died on the same day uh tomoko being one of them she she had a couple other friends someone else died and then i think there was another guy that passed away on like a, a motorbike as well or um something like that and she questions uh, it to a few girls and you know it sparks a conversation between them and I think it just sparks a interest in her head to start to now kind of finally pursue and get down to the bottom of what's going on here I think I love the moments too when we're at the the funeral or the wake I don't know what they call it there but anyways I love yeah. that little bit or that tidbit of information where one of the family members mentions that it's not even an open casket. So yeah, that's been, man. it must've been very hard to look at Tomoko. And that goes off of what I said earlier about them having that look of absolute fright. Like they were screaming in agony when they mm-hmm. died. So I thought that was a really cool little scene. And we have a moment there where Yoichi goes upstairs to one of the bedrooms. I think he sees some, someone kind of run upstairs, whether it's a real person or not. And he ends up looking at, the TV in one of the upstairs bedrooms. And we have that ominous music in the background that I, I freaking love. I think it's a great background music. It builds the tension and it's just so eerie when you hear it come in and he's looking at the TV in the room and you're waiting for something to just turn on and pop at you. Just that alone is an effective scene. The fact that that is as effective as it was just goes to show that there is a really good level of suspense throughout the film that I felt constantly on edge from so that that's quality i think they did a good job with that yeah and kind of before we start to follow up with some other scenes the scene where they're at the funeral and asawaka is like approaching these few girls they she actually sees a picture and we see it throughout the movie a couple pictures the group of friends that all coincidentally died on the same day in the photo all of their faces are distorted like by a ghostly presence or just it almost just looks like a filter that very heavily distorts their face and it's pretty much evidence to say you know hey they all watch the film and we kind of learn a little bit later on you know even with a picture of like a polaroid camera you can kind of see if someone's seen the film just wanted to throw that in there too it's i think it's a classic detail to the movie alone and just the staple of you know the ring itself that's a part of how people you know, are affected. Look, you know, when people look back at these person's deaths, or we see some investigators go about it, it's it's a huge part of the movie. I think with these foreign films, there's almost more of a cultural relevance within the story, and it feels like this spirit is coexisting with you. 
And I think the image that you're talking about from the photos is an indicator of that. When you see the image, you know that while I might not see this spirit by me, I know the presence is around. Just by mm -hmm. looking at those photos, they're distorted. They're definitely creepy. I love that we have more than one of those scenes. I love when they show those those distorted yeah. pictures. I think it lets you know that as the character who's in the film, they see that and they're thinking, oh my God, like I might actually be in at risk of dying. Now I'm worried that this seven days shit is really real. And by the time you get to day seven, you're shit in your pants. That's that's really effective. Yeah. And I, I love when they have those moments with the pictures. We see it multiple times throughout the film. It's just a good indicator of whether this spirit is now within and existing around you. Yeah. So we get introduced to, like I mentioned earlier, a little bit of it, Ryuji, Asawaka's ex-husband, ex and how they're kind of thrown into the mix, how he's kind of was a part of the family. Obviously, they're not close anymore, it seems like, but she needs his help. And something I kind of read up about and noticed, but like didn't pay that much attention to in the movie is he's almost a psychic, if you will. I don't know if you caught onto that, but like you can see his facial expression expressions every time he walks into a room. And we see that when he gets uh, when he walks into uh, Sawaka's apartment or house, if you will. And the strange look on his face, like something eerie is going on in here. And she basically needs his help to start investigating and he brings in a suitcase. So I don't know. Do you know like his profession just in real life with that? He or seemed like if, a professor he, of some kind of sort. Professor. He had that yeah. Chalkboard in his, in his apartment room and he had yeah. a bunch of calculations. So that would be my main guess. I think he was just a vital part of this, obviously to help figuring out, you know, what's going on. And I think she knew that she was going to need his help as well. Hell of an um, ex-husband. So, I mean, hell of an ex-husband. He was with her. Yeah. He really just was. To, yeah. Just to kind of accept her and come back to her is a, is a huge payment, I think, to Asawaka that, you know, hey, you know, by the end of this, you know, who knows what's going to happen? Like, they don't know what's going to happen to him, but. I believe he watches the film pretty early on, too. He I does. I think that she made him a copy and he watched it. And afterwards, he didn't get a phone call, whereas for, for Echo, she did get the phone call. So now we're wondering, okay, how does this thing attach to people? Is it inconsistent? What are the rules, the outlines of this curse, you could call it? Yeah, yeah, great point. I love how you bring that up, too. So kind of following that, so I believe now they start to kind of look into and review the tape. And I don't want to go down the, like the huge rabbit hole with it, but they... Yeah. Throughout the movie, they basically review um, the footage that is found. Um, so both of them now are exposed and very worried more than Ryuji. Asawaka is heavily, you know, she has this level of intensity throughout the movie where she doesn't like to waste time. And Ryuji just kind of like pushes things back. You know, I'll get to it the next day and things like that. But they actually, like we do with our episodes, they dissect that tape. So... Um, any audible clips they can pick up, they literally go frame by frame. We see some very disturbing, you know, while I'm on this, we should talk about the actual tape itself. Um, but we see some very eerie Japanese, almost letters. I don't know if they're phrases or letters, but like squigglies all kind of moving throughout the, 
tape, um, people crawling. And what I've known and looked up as they call him like the towel boy, who the person with like the, the cloth over their head, just pointing and, um, the well, the shot of the forest with the well Junes, I think this is very important, but like just your initial thoughts on the actual tape itself, the imagery, the things you see in it. What were your thoughts, man? I find it very frightening. Whenever we had those moments where we were watching the TV and we had the cassette tape ready to roll, those mm -hmm. are moments where I was definitely on edge. I felt that tension. I was scared. Frankly, I was scared. I've seen a lot of horror movies and yeah. <laughs> I'm checking my corners. I'm not lying to you. They were that good. And we have at least six or seven different little images within this tape that are equally as scary. And even if they're not out, outright scary, they're just unsettling. Even Disturbing. The, yeah. yeah they're the parts there where, where we have Shizuku, I think that's her name, where she's combing her hair, looking in mm -hmm. the mirror is creepy enough as is. We have the outside look of the well, as if we're standing 20 feet away from it, looking at it. We have the shot from inside the well where we see a almost head peering over and looking down into the well. We've got the guy with the little coat draped on him pointing out in front of an ocean, it kind of looks like. Mm -hmm. All of these images are equally creepy. And I think that these are something that are so instilled in our culture growing up. I've seen Scary Movie 3. I, I've seen so many of these images that even after seeing them time and time again, I'm still just as scared. Oh, 100%. So the movie does a great job with the core root of the tape and how it's viewed, first off, and then the imagery we see as a viewer. So now you almost as a viewer feel exposed. You know, you feel a part and can experience what some of these other people are actually experiencing, which I love. So... Like I said, they dissect the hell out of this thing. They go balls to the walls with figuring out any clues, ways to track down maybe where it came from. I don't think they do a, the best job of explaining why they're doing the things they're doing. I think, you know, they just kind of figure out some things and go off of that. Obviously, as anyone would, that's probably what I would do too if I were them. But it was hard to understand what the actual motive was. Yeah, we're we're at the end of the first half here. Where I think mainly they've finally had the chance to investigate and figure mm -hmm. out a little bit of what's been going on and trying to solve the reason for the happening here with exactly. the videotapes. What is the purpose for it? How did it start? Who is doing it? Is it a real person? Is it beyond the the realm of realism i don't know so that's really where we end the first half they are deciding on going to the itsu peninsula where they believe they can solve this thing and that really mm -hmm. is how we close that first half the second half i'm excited to get into it i think that the first half personally is better i don't know what other people think i don't know what you think but i enjoyed the first half much more than the second half i think the second half falters a little bit it, yeah it's it's close. It's honestly almost a tie for me. Um, I just love the way they go about this in the first half. Second half, yeah, might have a little more action, but the first half really allows you to experience the things these people who have watched the tape experience and what they, you know, what the hell they're just going through, basically. Um, we can get into table talk now. And June's, man, I am 
so excited for this. Uh, for anyone listening, our table talk is basically going to be, and I'm sure you've all seen this before, but we're going to name five horror movies without knowing what comes next and ranking them one out of five, one being your like favorite and five being the least favorite out of the five. Um, and without knowing what comes next, Junes, I'm excited, dude. This just gets me, this gets my heart going a little bit because I don't know what you're going to pull out of your sleeve and hit me with. So hopefully in the end, it's a pretty decent list. Um, I got some stuff up my sleeve too that, hopefully catches you off guard a little bit, hopefully uh, messes with your list a little bit. But I'm just curious what uh what you got for me. So I'm excited to get into this. You're going to be floored, money. You have no idea what's coming for you here. Probably. Probably, <laughs> man. I can go first if you want. Doesn't yeah, let's matter. do it. Let's, let's rock. Let's roll, baby. Okay. The first one I have for you, money. The Invisible Man from 2020. Ooh, I'm gonna note that down because I'm I'm making this list with you, so I can like look back at it. Yep. So invisible, invisible man. Um, I might just have to go with like a three. I might just have to set the bar. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Film. Uh, I know. No, actually, let's go four. I'm going four. I respect that. I respect that. Okay, next one I have for you. So you have Invisible Man at number four. The next yep. one I have for you, money is the shrine oh okay definitely is above invisible man for damn me. okay but i don't i'm gonna put that at three at i'm gonna three, put that at three. at three just because i yeah i think you're gonna i think you're gonna pull some shit out that's probably gonna be better than these two so <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know it wow okay the cl- the classic uh, not one. the original, original, but the one with uh, Skarsgård as Pennywise. Uh, I it was, a, it was a huge that, deal when it came out. I, know, I thought that dude. was a I know very popular time there. It's for so popular, and they made the re, the remake and it too recently. I'm going two on that. I'm going two. You're going two. I got. I have to, man. At this okay, point. so we don't have a five spot filled. Well, I need the one in the five. So yep, this... the one in the five. <laughs> biggest uh biggest decision here yet, probably. I'm curious. What you got next? The last shift. I'm going five. I I'm going five. I don't know what you got for me at the end. I'm going five. I think you're gonna pull something out that is gonna be around its level, but let's let's find out. I'm going five on that. The last one I have for you, money? is barbarian okay hey you're good with barbarian at number one i'll I'll take that out one i'll take that out that list we've got barbarian at one i had barbarian it the shrine invisible man and the last shift that's not bad i would say that's fairly i'd say that's fairly good without knowing what comes next i'll i'll take that blind ranking i'll take that so my first movie for you is the Blair Witch Project. Ooh. Five. Not a really? fan. Not a okay. fan. That, that was strong. That was okay. Hey, fair enough. It's If it's not your style, it's not your style. No I just wasn't a fan. Looking back on it, man, I just, uh, the first watch, I was just kind of meh. But I understand it's so, 
huge for the found footage subgenre there of horror. I'm fine with that. I get it. I know why. That's the reason it's so highly rated. But for me, as a viewer, my personal opinion, it just wasn't my fave. So I'm going yeah. five. I feel good about five. Okay. Your next movie, I'm going to throw at you, let's see, one of your faves, the poster behind you, Nosferatu. Oh, oh, oh. I'm going yeah. to because it's not my favorite of all time. I know there's going to be one on here potentially that I do like more. And if not, I'm going to be super, super bummed and hurt. I will be just distraught. You might not be able to talk to me for weeks. Okay. Hey, two, I would think that'd be your number one or two. So next movie, I'm going to throw at you. It chapter two. Oh, that came out in 2019. Damn it. Number four. I should have put that at five. I will give Blair Witch the edge. I thought the sequel kind of, kind of. Yeah trashy to be honest yeah, with you they could have just that's settled why... with the first remake and be done with it that's why i included it on this list because yeah I know that's a great chapter, one chapter one was damn it. way better blair which wasn't that bad oh well so your next film june so you have it chapter two at number four, four. Yep. Blair I'm, gonna witch number five. You, I'm gonna throw this movie at you i know i like it i think you you i know you like it i'm gonna throw the descent at you oh son of a bitch now you now you got a guy. Now you got a guy right where you want him. You got the you got the one in the three. It's not better than Nosferatu. I'm sorry. I love it. I'm going number three, and I feel like I'm going to hate myself. Well, I don't think you will. Please. Your final please. your final movie, Alien. Let's go, baby. Yep. I had to. Let's go. Let's go. That's a damn good list. What a great list, Blair Witch. I would have switched with it, Chapter Two. That's the only thing that I am that I'm good, kicking James. myself a little bit. I was a little too bold. Anyways, that was fun go. money. Thank you for leading us into our table talk. I love being able to just openly discuss horror with you. And it's just mm -hmm. fun to kind of talk about it and to kind of pick your brain to get more of a understanding of where you stand within this genre to see what makes you tick, to understand why you watch film and horror specifically, I love hearing about it. It's something that goes beyond just the movies we talk about. It goes into the horror genre as a whole. We we lead into the second half, Money. What what do we have going in? Really, I think we just end up on the Iso Peninsula. For yeah, the most so part I, from the get -go. I th they go to the peninsula after kind of discovering that uh, the woman who is brushing her hair uh, in the tape, who I believe his name was Shizuku, yep. Shizoku, um, she is a very important character to this, um, even though we just kind of see her off screen basically in this tape. Uh, and, a, and another cool scene, which I love that we'll talk about coming up, she actually threw herself into the volcano on that peninsula. Um, I can't remember what the name of the volcano was. And she actually predicted an eruption for it too that happened like prior to committing suicide and things like that. But that's kind of where we're at. They, Like I said, they review the hell out of this tape. They're always leaning back on it. It's the backbone, I think, to this movie and what Ryuji and Asabaka can really just come up with. And yeah, they head out to the peninsula to kind of learn more about this and what it might lead them. That's the thing with this movie is we get a few different settings we get introduced to new characters and it almost feels like we end up just at a completely different location 
half the time. That's just kind of how I feel. Yeah, you feel entirely removed from what we were experiencing in the first half of the movie. Exactly. I was very used to our setting that we had throughout the first half of the run here. The second half, completely different setting, different characters, different story. We take ourselves into a, an entirely different course. So we have a lot of the historical plot line discussed and explained with Shizuko being a seer is what they called her. She had some sensory perceptions that were beyond human understanding. She could predict things. And her daughter, Sadako, was just as powerful as yeah. her. She inherited this gene of being able to predict things and, and read what people are thinking. There was, at the time on the mountain, a lot of skepticism and a lot of controversy as to whether her abilities were real or not. And we had a doctor in the movie who was trying to just understand why she had the ability and this doctor kind of i would say enhanced her popularity within the the mountain and within the region and with that became a lot of notice from i would say the reporters anybody that works for a news station anything like that they're all trying to question her abilities and they are starting to be skeptical and ask why she has this is it real they didn't think it was real mm -hmm. and because of this we have Shizuku, who ends up killing herself. We have the doctor end up killing Sadako, which is a huge revelation in the film. This is something when our main characters come upon it, it's a huge part for them to understand why, why this is happening. Why has all of this been spreading? It's because of Sadako and her rage. We actually have Sadako kill one of the reporters, I believe. Yeah, the the public demonstration scene was my one of my favorite scenes throughout this movie. It was all in black and white. And it's after, I believe, Ryuji grabs a hold of, I can't remember his name, maybe Takashi. Um, I think it was like her brother or cousin at the time. Well, he's alive. We see him. And he, he kind of falls down. And as he's picking him up, he gets this flashback. And it's that public demonstration scene. And her killing that reporter kind of lashing out, like, this is all fake. This is a hoax. And she's just basically mimicking these paintings prior to someone drawing them. And this guy just holding both of them up, showing like, yep, correct, correct, correct. And she's just literally on par with these things. And there's kind of a lash from the crowd. They all, there's an uprising kind of, and he falls just to his death, dude. And like, they all kind of freak out. That was my, probably one of my favorite scenes for sure throughout this film was, was that. Yeah. Like you said too, Sudoku or Sadoku, uh, gets killed i think by her own father uh and we see a flashback again from i think asawaka um this time and she falls into the well and that's kind of where this movie leads into next is they go back home i think at this point too uh asawaka has like a day left by the way it's almost been a week seven days since she watched the first film as well so what I kind of got from this Junes now is that this is like a race against time where they need to get back. Asawaka's got like a day. Same with her son, uh, Yoshi, mm -hmm. I think. He, he's got like three or four days because he ends up watching the film too. And he doesn't have much time, but Asawaka's got like a day. And same with Ryuji. It's a race against time. So they fly back home. 
um, and they actually end up off the island or the peninsula. They get back and they uh, they go back to the cabin that I believe in the beginning it was Tam- Tamako that died there and were the three friends who you know kind of ended up all mysteriously dying on the same day coincidentally they go back to the cabin and uh asawaka and ryuji find kind of like a sealed well in a crawl space don't know how they found it um i think they might have just seen this little opening under there like abnormal like little opening and junes how did you feel about this scene because this is where we're at you know in this point of the movie we get a lot of screen time here, probably a good 10, almost 15 minutes here where they're at this well in this like little crawl space. No idea how they found it. I have no idea. It That's really what I was, was confused. not explained very well. I don't know if Ryuji just had a, I would say an idea, a belief that there was something there. I don't know why he felt that. Maybe it was because like you said, maybe he did have a little bit of extrasensory abilities that weren't plainly displayed for us maybe he did anyways we have a lot of moments there where they're essentially inside the well at the bottom of the well trying to bring out all the water that's left inside so they can find the body of sadako to potentially lift this curse we spend a lot of time there like you like you say like 10 minutes of just pulling out water five minutes of pulling out water pulling out water and eventually we do have some hair that pulls out of the water and raiko is looking at it and eventually it she pulls out a full skeleton head and she's almost caressing it, which was an interesting scene. Definitely kind I know, of creepy. Dude. Definitely creepy. And I love the first moment we have with the skeleton because it's almost oozing out this slime from the water, the years it of looks water just real, sitting dude. there. Yeah, like slowly oozing out of the eye sockets of the skeleton. I thought that was pretty cool. And at least at this point, our main characters, our protagonists now think that the curse has lifted. The time has passed for Ryuko. She is still alive. Maybe the curse was lifted. Maybe they ended this entire chain. So that's where we end up at in our closing scenes of money. I kind of want to hear you talk about it. I'm excited to see what you say here. Yeah, I, you know, I was like, wow, okay. So she didn't die. And then all of a sudden, or Asawaka didn't die. And then all of a sudden we get screen time here with Ryuji at the end. And I'm like, how is this? Because if she didn't die, I'm like, how is this going to start tying itself up? I knew there wasn't much time left to the film. Um, But they explain it really well. I mean, they literally have a line in there from Asawaka, like saying, why didn't I die? What did I do differently? Oh, and then it was like something I, I made a copy of the tape. So it seems like the way to, if you watch the film, the only way to live after seven days, the only way to continue living is to basically copy it and pass it along to someone else. And after doing some research, research that is what I got from this movie. They they actually did a fantastic job explaining it, I think, in my, yeah. in my opinion. But making another copy, passing it on to someone else. And I think, dude, when you look at it from the perspective of a curse, right? You have a curse. Well, what is a curse? Well, in this case, imagine all of these people that have seen this film where you're supposed to die. So the purpose of, you know, wanting to live, getting a copy out. So this curse dude is just spreading like a virus, you know, and I know there's prequels and sequels to the original 98 film that we have here um, with ring or Ringu, if you want to call it that. Um, So imagine a world dude where you just have 
hundreds, thousands, millions of people where who've seen this tape and trying to survive, well, they don't want to die. So I think that's such a cool aroma, if you will, of just how this curse can spread. Um, so I love that. But we get to see here our final scenes of Ryuji, unfortunately passing. I was not expecting that. Nope. Um, but he, like I mentioned in the beginning, he kind of gets this extended version of of the film. And we see one of the most classic things, and and I believe the horror genre is um, the girl climbing out of the TV. So just such, I, and I did not, I wasn't a fan of how she actually looked when she got out, got out of, it. of the TV. She was dry. Her hair was dry. I was expecting more of like a soggy, wet look. Um, <laughs> I was, I mean, you're in a well, you're dude. Right, you're right. You're not wrong. It's just funny. You're in a well, like I, you know, even the skin, like, and I, I, you know, we see the, the, the evil eyes well, like, but you know, no face, but that's how it should be. I love that. But he, he, uh, he's, he kind of falls down, starts to try to crawl away. And he, he basically dies at her command. Basically she has the physical power to do that. And we learned that earlier. Um, yeah, go ahead. I love that you mentioned that because in those final scenes with Ryuji, it's almost as if he could have gotten away. This Sadako was just walking towards him. Yeah. I mean, he could have ran away. It's almost like she had control over his mind and he could not release from her. And that just goes to show her ability to kill somebody just by thinking it into fruition. And yes, we have him, we have him fall to death and it's unfortunate because he was such a good character all the while very helpful to his his ex-wife and those images, man, of her crawling out of the well. There's nothing quite like it. The way she's walking up to the TV right before she comes out of it is just so disturbing because her you can almost yeah. see her bones kind of clicking as she's walking through the grass out of the well. It's just, it's so fucking good. I, I think those it are is. some really good scenes and I think it's a good way to close out the movie. I think it lets us know that mm, we didn't solve this here. Maybe there's more to it. And you mentioned it before. You got to copy the tape and send it to somebody. Yep. So copying it and giving it to someone else, I think within seven days is how you actually can pass the curse and, and continue to survive. But um, at the end, you know, she learns that he passed and she actually basically the, the way the movie actually ends is she's driving off and despite to save her son, uh, she drives to her father's home to actually make a copy and give it to him. Yep. Um, so, and that's how it ends. We get like a, then we get the credits rolling in, I think, but that's basically yeah. how it ties up. And like I said, there's a lot of prequels and sequels to this. I'm excited Junes, to see what you got to say for rating wise. Mm -hmm. And just, I feel like I kind of gotten a grasp on most of your thoughts and opinions, but yeah. um, I'm going to read Rotten Tomatoes. I'm Let's not going to forget this time. Um, I have no idea here. I have zero idea what this is going to be. It's, <laughs> it's just, I, I I'm, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to say it and I'm, I'm going to, I can't wait for your reaction. So an audience score of 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, a critic score of 98%. Audience, audience. Thank you. You are good people. You, you have it figured out. The, the critics. <laughs> 98? 98 are you shitting me get no. out of here as of today Jesus. audience at least has it somewhat figured out they do they do good job audience 
Proud of you. So I am, I'm curious to see what you have to say, Junes. Um, I feel like, I feel like we're we're actually probably going to be off on this, but who knows? Who knows? I think we might be. It might be less than you think, though. I will. Yeah, I, I will can... dive into it if you want me to. Go ahead. I was just going to offer, but go ahead. Ringu <clears throat> is a monumental film in the genre. Of course, it is. It's perfectly blended with more modern day technology. The idea that a curse, a spirit, can follow us through something digital something that is a technological piece of equipment. That is scary. And for society at that time in 1998, we were really just getting into technology. We were just at the cusp of it. We're just getting into it. And to see something that's horrific like this in our common everyday items in our household that we see, it's scary as hell, man. You see a TV, you're never, every time I see a TV now, I'm going to be questioning if there's going to be something ready to pop out. That, to me, I love. I think the legend, while not explained greatly throughout the film, eventually you understand what's going on. It it took a while, though, for me. I liked it. I didn't love it. It was a decent legend. It it was kind of random to me. I don't know why she, she had this power. Who knows? It's not really a scary legend, honestly, if I'm being frank. But I like the idea. I love the idea, really of spreading it like a virus. Sadako's rage. She wanted wanted her rage to be known across the world. Regardless of the people died or not from the tape, they at least knew of her story. And she wanted them to know that she died in that well. And she was really cruelly murdered by her father. I love that. I think our characters are good, but the acting just okay. I didn't really care for it. There was a few pretty cheesy scenes with Ryoko that her acting could have definitely been better. So that kind of took away from some of the seriousness for me. I thought that the overall film was disturbing. It was creepy at times for sure. I love the soundtrack. I love the music in the background. So well placed and dispersed when they needed it at the right times. Overall, the film is, it's enjoyable, but it's not, oh my God. I am just blown away by how scary this is. Or, oh my gosh, the gore, the blood. There really isn't a whole lot of this. The suspense and the eeriness is solid money, but it's not great. It just isn't. If you say it is, I'm just going to disagree with you outright. And I'm going to 7-1. I'm going to 7-1. This isn't bad. I think it's good. It's just not not in that 8-9 to territory for me. Maybe it's because it was all in subtitles, but really, I don't think that's it because I I have a lot of movies that are in a different language that I love. I have a silent mm-hmm. film that I love. Yeah. This just doesn't hold up to an eight for me. A 7.1 is where I'm landing money. Understandable, Junes. I don't know how I could say that any better. I agreed with you basically on everything there. For me, this original classic film, yes, has very many strong points it does um and being made in 1998 like you you know i love how you talk about being on the cusp of with technology we're right there everything's going to start booming it's like you know with that with many other factors it's something to think about okay you have to put yourself in that time period you just do watching it now it's just not it just doesn't hold up to many standards especially with other films and what they can do with it nowadays and 
But the thing I love with it is the idea of the curse, the originality of it, and how so many movies have or prequels and things have been made after it and how many other people basically i'm trying to say is how popular it's become to especially the horror genre society but i would say just even most people um movie watchers in today's in today's society um you know what i think they would like it no but for most horror movie fans i think it's something they've heard of maybe not everyone's seen it and it's just one of those things that I really think there's no median to it. I really think you're going to like it or you're not. Um, but very, very cool shots in the movie. I love the cinematography. Acting was, I think, pretty okay, pretty good. Was it scary? No, not really. Was it the coolest thing I've ever seen? No. Um, it's just the pace was okay to me. It seemed off at times. It seemed like we were jumping around a lot. Um, but I love the the plot of it. It was easy to follow the ideas they had behind investigating this whole thing. It's a classic film. I can't just deny the fact that, you know, maybe because it doesn't hold up to a lot of other standards with movies doesn't me make it any less better than what today's production and design crews have to make. But I don't know. It was just okay to me. But this is a classic staple to the genre. I can't deny the fact of that. So with that, I'm going in the low sixes. I'm going six two. Six two. Six yeah. two money, yeah. I, yeah. I'm not I, I'm just I can't I couldn't even be in it can't be in the sevens with me like you. I know yeah. you did low seven, but like seven one, I think, but I okay. I yeah, that's just me. It's my opinion. I just love uh I love what this movie has to offer. Don't get me wrong. Anyone listening, I, I love what this movie has to offer. It's just not the most exciting thrilling thing that i want to keep going back to and watching i just think it's a staple to the to the fran to well the franchise alone that and now what it is today but um to the actual genre itself so um i'm going six two and that's just uh and that's just my opinion on that yeah i had a fun time dude i loved our table talk this was a great week uh to immerse ourselves in some horror content yeah absolutely money I love talking horror with you. It's one of my favorite pastimes. I don't know what I would be doing without it. And I feel the same way. Yes. Yes. So no other way I'd rather spend a, a Saturday afternoon uh, doing this with you. Uh, I hope everyone listening again, please enjoy your weekend. Um, check us out on all the socials. And it's been another great week. And we've been scratching the surface. <laughs>